presentation today comes out of a body of work that we're starting to build at the Institute around our EDD being 20 years old next year and starting to look at what we've learned from that process of having an EDD that's been running as long as it has. Um, and today's presentation is based on looking back across the curriculum to see what, what has been in and what has been out and such and, and what we can learn about that in terms of trajectory and, trajectory and um, predictions for the future of the curriculum. Um, many of us will know that there's been kind of a groundswell of evidence around professional doctorates and um, presentation last on Wednesday that we saw in Belfast um, again coming from the project from the Hefke funded project and towards the end of the um, presentation I will talk about how what we're finding on our own professional doctorate may or may not coincide with the evidence that was presented in in this report. Um, it's also the case that for many, many, many years funding for students to take the kinds of courses that we're offering has often come from either matched funding with the employer or self-funding and it is heartening to see some evidence whether it will translate into practical um, loans but some evidence that professional doctorates start to be seen as something that is also fundable and not just the mainstream um, PhD. So in this context of a world where we're talking much, much more about professional doctorates, I was starting to, um, it's kind of timely to look back over the history of, a, of doctorates such as our own that has been running for so long and see what is it that this, this thing is. And in our case, it's an EDD programme. Um, we're not unique in starting to have these discussions. Um, the US and the US, um, the Carnegie Project for um, Education Doctorates has been running a while and they seem to have built up something that they call six kind of design concepts for developing a professional doctorate um, in education. And again, I will come back to those concepts at the end to see how much of an extent we are aligned or not in our trajectory and our development process of our EDD programme. So it's very nice to be the EDD programme leader of the Institute of Education at the moment, particularly given the numbers that we saw presented um, in um, Belfast and joining the network and always being the one who can be confident that I've got the numbers this year. But um, just to give you a context of, of how our EDD might be slightly different to most, we've had our EDD 20 years in September. We have now more than 350 alumni from that 20 years and a very strong student base at the moment. So I recruited 53 this year. Um, and of that, given the student numbers, many of our staff across the history of the EDD have been involved. So we've had more than 60 academic staff involved with the programme and eight program leaders. And in that 20 year history, this body of people, both students and staff, have evolved the EDD in certain ways that when we start to look at the process of that evolution, we'll see that it's, it's become something slightly different to where we started. So the basis of the uh, presentation is to look back over 20 years worth of programme handbooks and validation documents and attempt to understand what it is and how this programme has been structured. But also not just stand here and say these are the courses, but what motivated those changes and why, the, why we've made those decisions to make those changes in certain directions. Um, and for me this is a bit of a step change since I'm known for statistics. 
Um, this is a little bit of step change in terms of methodology, so I'm very happy to take comments if I am screwed up um, in any way. So just to give you a context of where we started, in 1996 the ED was launched at the Institute of Education and predominantly this first year had what we would call two first year phase of talk courses. Um, methods and professionalism in the first year, more methods and then specialist route courses depending on your particular area in education. And for the phase onwards, from the third year onwards, pretty much leaving the student with their supervisor to get on with their institutional focus study, which I will call IFS from now on in, and the thesis. Okay, And this was predominantly the structure that we were going with, basically throw a lot of resources and a lot of materials at the student for a long time and then hope that they fly once they get into the thesis stage. And for those of us who are involved in these types of programmes, that we know that an optional writing course isn't quite going to be enough to keep the students rolling. And in 1999, as part of um, Andrew Brown's change in the programme, he started to introduce some workshops into the thesis stage. But you can see, starting up front, course started very much as give them a lot of talk content and then hopefully they'll be able to write a thesis. Um, Andrew Brown, as programme leader, um, noted that this structure was leading to very long times for the students on the programme. We're not surprised, I guess, looking at the structure. And that that very heavy talk components in the first two years meant that students took rather a long time to get to the thesis stage and in some cases didn't. And so his reform, and I use the word reform just so that I have a benchmark, but his validation <coughs> document essentially talks about making it focused on research skill development and cutting down where possible and everything else. So this is the start of a shift in our own ED um, to move away from teaching education theory, if you like, and moving it towards research methods and more methods. Um, his other, so in 2000, the consequence of his validation was to restructure the course around keeping that first three year, first year, um, but then sizing down on the specialist courses. Motivation, as we had it at the time, too many small groups doing very, very different things and just offering three, three specialist courses to choose from so that you could get enough numbers in the door, practically, but also so you could have enough people in the room to discuss. Okay, so it's not just about the cost of the programme. And then, in the course of the time from 2000, more and more development in terms of what happens into the thesis stage, what happens in the research phase. So we can see that the workshops that were started to be introduced in 1999 became a fixture, if you like, at this point. And then more and more processes were borrowed and adapted from the PhD programme. So from 2001, formal reviews of thesis, something like a transfer, um, progress reviews, thesis workshops, all of these things designed to track and progress and make sure that the students aren't taking too long on the research phase. Okay. Um, <clears throat> off of the back of this, the Institute then covered what we saw presented at um, of the EFKI report in a process of kind of a proliferation of lots of different names of the EDD. So the launch of the EDD International was an attempt to pretty much repackage the product, focusing it around looking at just international education as the option, but also looking at the mode of delivery. 
So our structure of a Friday, Saturday became a structure of a week-long delivery. And ideally, but not always the case, the thesis, is, the thesis was encouraged to be in comparative education. Um, and this was then extended into a dual award with NIE, so you can see the, the notion of a trying to internationalise the curriculum came from the development of the International Ed D. Um, and another aspect that started to become more formalised was a realisation that this long upper tail of students needed more management than keep putting in input. So yes, there's so many thesis workshops you can do, but started to formalise the exit awards at various stages on the programme in order to encourage students who weren't going to cut, cut the um, manage it to take an alternative route and not manage it for various reasons. It's not just necessarily an academic decision. Um, the next programme leader to have kind of a substantial change or to document a lot of change was Barbara Coles and she in her revalidation pretty much is signalling this need for us to get timely completions. Borrowing that language again from the PhD, the need that to get the students through this as quickly as possible. Now, you know, that's a discussion to be had as to whether we believe that the speed means everything. But the attempt of this revalidation was really to kind of say, well, let's go with a four-year minimum requirement. Let's reduce again that input of the specialist course. So yet again, remove the last piece of theory in terms of assessment. And then to try to formalise that IFS stage to stop students taking too long in that interim report. Get them onto the thesis quicker. Okay, And that, that was the programme that I inherited when I came into the role was predominantly the first year courses at UC don't change all the way through. Then some structured IFS workshops, keeping the IFS within an 18-month window and then pushing students on to a structured, more structured thesis workshop programme. So you can see as time is going on, the content in, in terms of the delivery of education is reducing. The focus is becoming research skills, research skills, research skills. And then in my own revalidation again in 2014, my appointment is somewhat different in as much as I was the first programme leader to be in charge of both the home and this international EDD. What does that mean? Of course that means we'll attempt to put them together. All right. Um, but the merger isn't just a pragmatic thing that I don't want to be having a very long job title. It's not just that. But this, in a way, artificial division between the home students and the international students meant that for a while the two had not discussed, the two had not meet, met, and there was a lack of communication between the two. And by merging the programmes, we were able to change the timetable as such to ensure that the home students and the international students at least met for two days in that long week-long delivery, and were able then to share experiences, not just then, but on the online forums. So the idea being that they are one body of EDD students, and hence why I would call them a cohort of 53, although actually I've got 30-something on one and 20-something on the other. Okay, so what was two programmes have essentially been merged? And part of this process was then to look back at those specialist courses which had been established in 2001 and then unassessed um, in the next revalidation and say, well, why are we doing these three courses? Why these three topics? It's a very historical reason for that. 
And rather than redesign or recreate, the decision that we took was to move towards the students not having their own specialist courses, keeping their research courses the same, but sharing the courses with the PhD. Reason for doing that? It's more than just a cost-saving device. Um, the idea being that if the students see each other and discuss, discuss with each other in the classes on those specialist courses, okay, again around education theory, they may see that they're not different and we can challenge some of those discussions about the value of an EBD. Okay, so that was the, the motivation behind this. Um, other motivations again have then led to redesigning of some of the curriculum on the IFS workshops. So instead of being more and more and more and more methods, they can pick that up in the PhD program if they want. So a redesign of the IFS workshops around the research process, more the project management side, the timelines and the writing side, then on more and more methods. So what have we learned over the last 20 years? Um, I think what we've seen in terms of the, the, the overall curriculum or what's offered to the students is firstly a push towards improving completion times has led to a very much a focus on research methods and less and less of that education component in terms of the talk delivery. Um, the degree name cycle that we can see described in the Hefke report suggesting that we've got more and more and more different names for professional doctorates we're kind of one step ahead there in the sense that we've been through that process of making more names and now we've come back to just the one. So, I mean, I think the light at the end of that tunnel is consolidation and is the naming of degrees and it's highlighted in that report. And then finally, um, I think that in the desire for completion times, the acknowledgement that students need just that bit more in the research phase. And it's not just a matter of preloading them with the right research skills and the right education theory, and off they go. And of course the cohort will support them, but enabling the cohort to support them through the development of workshops and various monitoring processes. Just a couple of small things to say. How do we align them to those principles that I showed from the Carnegie project? Well, predominantly, we looked fairly aligned to what the American model was projecting with the possible exception of what they call signature pedagogy where they put some emphasis on theory and we can see that there's been a clear reduction in the amount of time we spend talking about theory on the program um, and again celebrating the difference these <coughs> very very small but celebrating the difference between the EDD and the PhD is very much the notion and the language of the Carnegie project and yet on our own EDD we're desperately trying to say that they're doctorate students, they're doctoral students, they may fit into two different <coughs> programs, but that's where they fit. And finally, um, in terms of the Hefke report, I think that the two main recommendations that are made at the end of that suggest focusing on the strong brands, okay, that was the vocabulary that we see there, and in fact that's what we have done in that last validation, um, attempting to say we have an ED, got different components but we have an EDD and trying to address some of those concerns raised in that report about the value of profitox by enabling our students to have time and space to discuss with each other outside of the classroom with the PhD program. Thank you. <laughs>